0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in.
1: It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For
0: more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and
1: more, visit
0: opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
2: The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore, and Davey Provin. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 17 700.
1: Let's go. Well, 25 days in counting to Scotland's first game at the European Championship finals. The Czech Republic are at Hamden for a two o'clock kickoff. Stevie Clark named a 26 strong squad yesterday for our first major final finals appearance in 23 years will it be those three group games against the czechs the croatians and the english and that's it or could scotland davy proven qualify for the knockout stages hugely difficult i
3: think rob against croatia who were world cup finalists last time around of course england and a very good czech side i'll tell you what if stevie clark pulls it off if he gets us through i think it tops
1: anything he's done in a game Sir Stevie, it's got, it's going to be two games in five days. We'll decide if it's Dundee or Kilmarnock who complete the lineup for next season's Scottish Premiership. The first leg of the playoff tonight at Dens. There are going to be 500 fans inside. Craig Moore, who's it going to be? Well, I just look. I think that to Kilmarnock. Uh, The way that they've finished
4: finished off the season uh, and in terms of the the attack and options, you know, Pinnock obviously got a a couple against Hamilton. Lafferty has been immense, Burke. I just think attack and options, uh, I I favour Kilmarnock, but it certainly will be no uh, easy match-up against Dundee who, you know, are also on a bit of a run themselves. I just feel as if the quality,
1: it's high pressure. Sure is.
4: It's high pressure, a lot lot at stake. um, But I think Tommy Wright and Kilmarnock's men will come out on top.
1: One of those tough decisions uh, to decide on who are going to be the four hundred 500, I should say, inside Dens tonight. They were plucked out of a hat. Some winners, some losers in that, but at least some fans inside tonight for an 8.15 kickoff. It is at Dens Park. Dundee relegated two years ago, looking to bounce back and uh, Kilmarnock looking to extend their 28-year run in Scottish football's top flight. I mentioned as well for Dumbarton and Edinburgh City tonight, it's the second leg of the League One playoff final and Jim Duffy's team have a 3-1 advantage from the first leg of that in the capital, it's second bottom in League One against uh, the runners-up in League Two. So a fair bit of tension down at the Rock but that 3-1 advantage for Dumbarton against Edinburgh City and of course we're two days away from the Scottish Cup final it is St Johnstone against Hibs at Hampden on Saturday afternoon is it going to be a cup double for Callum Davidson and his team uh, this season his debut season you have to keep reminding yourself in charge of the Perth team or is it going to be a third place finish in the Premiership and the Scottish Cup for Jack Ross and Hibs that big game is uh, just a couple of days away. Get involved in the discussion with us. It's Rob McLean and Davy Proven and Craig Moore in the studio. And you can join us uh, to talk football on 808 17 17 Text GO and your message to eight seven four seven four. On the socials at Go Football Show, Get involved. Well, let's have a look at that squad. Uh, we've had 24 hours to think about it now. And we're going to get these two Craig and Davey are going to pick their 11. They've done so already. Uh, we're going to take the wraps off shortly. Uh, and let you know who they will be playing, who they would be playing in that first game in 25 days' time. And uh, you can uh, get involved as well. Uh, Let us know who would be your starting eleven for that first game for Scotland. Our first start in a major tournament in 23 years. It really is remarkable. Uh, In the squad, Craig Gordon, David Marshall and John McLaughlin are the goalkeepers. Uh, Liam Cooper... Declan Gallagher, Grant Hanley, Jack Hendry, Scott McKenna, Stephen O'Donnell, Nathan Patterson, Andy Robertson, Greg Taylor and Kieran Tierney. The defenders in midfield, Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie, John Fleck, James Forrest, Ryan Fraser, Billy Gilmore, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Scott McTominay, David Turnbull, Strikers, Shea Adams, Lyndon Dykes, Kevin Nisbet. Davy Provan, ten times capped by Scotland. Uh, what did you make? You've been oh. doing your research. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, eh? Yeah. <laughs> can you name them? Can you name? Can you name the ten opponents? It's a long time ago. What was your finest? What was your finest moment in a Scotland shirt? I, I think uh, scoring on
3: my first start for Scotland in a World Cup tie against Israel. Um, scored the third goal that night. Uh, I think well, it was special to make your first start, but to. Cap it with a goal. There's one that I would I would always remember. Yeah. At
1: Hamden, did you say, David? At Hamden. Uh, and what was what was the crowd? Uh, was that big? Was that a big yeah, crowd? Yeah, seventy thousand. I mean, you, yeah. you do, oh, 70, yeah, I mean, but you did, ah, seventy thousand. Yeah, I mean that
3: was that was pretty normal in those days. Yeah. And then we went to 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 Wembley. I think the same year or the following year, and and won at Wembley. So, you know, just so. Memories that stay with you forever.
1: Yeah, fantastic. What about the squad, Davey? Um, would that, were those the names you expected? What What took you by surprise, if anything?
3: Not a great deal. Um, you know, I, I think Lee Griffiths was was always a long shot. I think the, the one guy who might feel a bit hard done by is Ryan Gold who has had a terrific season in Portugal, but maybe there's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind when it comes to yep. Ryan Gold. I think he's unlucky that probably Steve Clark hasn't seen a great deal of him this season. I do love the the boldness of the selection given that the, the three boys he's brought in are all youngsters Nathan Patterson Billy Gilmer who arguably is playing at a, a higher level than international football with, with Chelsea uh, and David Turnbull as well so it's a really bold squad and I, you know for the first time in a long time I'm really excited going into this I, I think it's a really good squad and we're on an, in a good place at the moment
1: Here's Stevie Clark on the three names you've just mentioned Certainly Nathan Patterson
5: and and David Turnbull have caught the eye up here in Scotland this year with their performances for Rangers and Celtic Billy Gilmore's a player that I've known for a long time I know he's very very well regarded at Chelsea it was nice to see him getting a a few games recently in the team and looks as though he's over his his injury and and looking like his old self so it's good to get him involved in the squad
1: Nathan Patterson's an interesting one. We were just talking about it before we came on air. There, Craig uh, from your old team, Rangers, yep. of course. Um, now that he's in the squad, uh-huh. anything's possible, isn't it? Could could he be? Could he be? A, could he be in that starting eleven against the Czech Republic? Potentially.
4: Yeah, of course he, he can be. Because look, I mean, you've got um, this preparation period, and I think that that gives um, you know everybody. I think Steve Clark came out and says it gives everybody a. Uh, a starting point um, to, to see who can impress and, and find their way into the, the starting 11 for that, for that first match. So sure there, there's an opportunity. Uh, we've seen the potential. Um, I would still like to, to see more and uh, you know is he able to, to, to make that step as quickly with international football which is uh, it's a big ask but it certainly looks as if it's a possibility. Uh, he, he's a player with scope. Defensively, I think, you know, that may be the experience of O'Donnell, uh, especially in the, in the first game, uh, where I think there will be spells for Scotland where defensively they'll need to be very well organised, sound, hard to break down. Um, that may work against him, but everyone's got an opportunity uh, with the, the kind of pre-preparation, some games, some time away. And Steve Clark, I'm sure, will pick the best 11 that he feels can can make the biggest impact day one.
1: He looks the type, Davey, that nothing much phases yeah. him. He's 19, Nathan Patterson, but you've just seen the way he's breezed yeah. into the Rangers team.
3: I, I would throw him in, Rob. Would you? I, I think it has been a problem position for us right back. Um, and no reflection on Stephen O'Donnell, who has, has done really well. I think you could argue Stephen O'Donnell has been a better player for Scotland than he has at club level. Yeah. But I do think his use of the ball mm. is a bit short in terms of, of international, against the best international sides. And I would throw young Patterson and I think he looks, he looks a future for Scotland. And he's, he's got that assurance about him, mm. which you very rarely see in, in someone so young. Mm-hmm. It would be down to, to, to Steve Clark whether whether Steve is, is bold enough, because Steve up until now has, has been cautious. Mm-hmm. He's always been cautioned first. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like the... I like the sound bites I'm hearing from Steve Clark. He sounds as if now that we've made it, go and have a real go. Why not?
1: Yeah. And Nathan Patterson probably hasn't been playing long enough, hasn't featured in enough first-team games to, to actually get worried about them at all. To start overthinking about the opposition, you know, there's there's something quite gallus about him the way well, he he goes about his business.
4: That's what happens with young players uh, that they they don't think too much, which is, which is great. Uh, you know, they come in, they're fearless, um, they. they they just want to go out and enjoy themselves uh, and Patterson definitely looks as if he has that about him. The exciting part for me is if he comes in and, and does get the opportunity and perform at this tournament, to know that you've got a player that young and, and with such a long-term future with the the Scottish national team, for me, is very, very exciting. Um, we'll know that. We'll know that after the Euros. Mm.
1: That's that's for sure. But it happens in other countries, doesn't it? it? Maybe happens with other nations more than it happens here in Scotland yeah. in recent times that, you know, you're good enough you're old enough get in there well David touched on it it's about being brave the manager
4: being brave to, to sometimes um, you know give that player the, opp- the opportunity the, the trust uh, will be earned in the in the preparation I think we've all seen the uh, the promise uh, but you still need a manager that's going to be bold and brave to, to give those younger players the opportunity what, whatever national team you're talking about
1: let's not hang about and let us know what you think uh, your best 11 would be for that first game uh, on the 14th of June David let's uh, let's have your starting 11 against the Czech Republic
3: uh, I would stick with David Marshall uh, who I, I think has been terrific for Scotland I think you could argue that over the piece Craig Gordon's probably the best keeper we have but I would go with David Marshall I think he's been terrific a back three for me of Jack Henry Declan Gallagher ahead of Grant Hanley for me although I think Steve Clarke will pick Hanley and Kieran Tierney on the left midfield four of Nathan Patterson on the right Scott McTominay, Callum McGregor and Andy Robertson. And then probably John McGinn and Shea Adams off Lyndon Dykes, although you could tweak that. You could have McGinn off the twin strikers, Dykes and and Adams, whatever you want to do up there.
1: I like that team. Uh, Craig Moore, do you like that team?
3: We're we're pretty similar, aren't we? I mean, I've gone
4: uh, a 1-5-3-2. And I say five because I believe that, you know... That's the The way it's going to be. I think that that's going to be the general shape and you're going to look to try and play from there. But I've also got David Marshall uh, in goals. I believe he deserves to to take that starting position. Uh, The five at the back in in, in the wider areas, I've got O'Donnell, uh, who I think defensively, um, you know, he's a little bit awkward on the eye, Rob, but I think defensively he does understand the concept of how to defend and get in good positions. I've got Robertson on the left, Three central defenders, Tierney on the left side. I've went for Hanley in, in the middle. I believe his experience at Norwich and what they've achieved this season. I think that he, he'll be the one that will come in and play that central role. Uh, Jack Hendry, who we've had on and has had a fantastic season in Belgium, to come in there. Middle of the park, two holders, McTominay and McGregor with uh, John McGinn to have a little bit more of a licence to, to, to get forward and to bomb on. And I've got uh, Shay Adams, who I think is a wonderful inclusion to the, to the national team for Scotland, and Lyndon Dykes up top.
1: Okay we're going to speak more about that obviously the Scotland squad and what would be your Scotland team for the the first game of the European Championship uh, finals more to come uh, from Stevie Clark and uh, we're going to be looking of course uh, at the game uh, that goes ahead tonight which will decide uh, who is in the Premiership for next season will it be Dundee will it be Kilmarnock, who beat Hamilton away at the weekend, but it wasn't enough with Ross County sealing their survival with that win at uh, Motherwell. So, Charlie Adam and Dundee tonight uh, lining up against Kilmarnock. It's a massive match. If I um,
3: wake up Tuesday morning, Premier League player with Dundee, then yeah, I'll be a proud moment. But it's, it's two difficult games, you know. Kilmarnock, good side with fast, experienced players and a very good manager um, in Tommy Wright. So, we know it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but Charlie Adam, uh, Craig Moore, has got real quality about him. And the reason, well, one of the reasons he'll have come back to Dundee, back to Scottish mm. football, is to get them back into the the top flight.
4: And and he's Charlie's a, a winner. Um, so, yeah, he, he wants to be successful for himself, but also for the, for the football club. He, he raises a, a very valid point in terms of the experience, obviously, for Kilmarnock uh, in this kind of situation. Yeah. But... You know, I, I, over two legs, anything's possible. Uh, I just feel like it says that the, the experience that Charlie touched on, I think, is um, going to play a huge role in this. And therefore, i probably side with Kilmarnock over the two
3: legs. David? Yeah, I, I would agree. Old with team. That. Well, yeah, it's my, my, my first club, and I would hate to see them relegated after nearly 30 years in the, in the top flight. Um, what, what I would say is that. You know, Dundee, we're talking about the experience of of Comanity Dundee, you know, with the likes of Paul McGowan, Jason Cummings, Charlie Adam. They've got guys who've who've played at, you know, a better level who this won't faze them Mm. tonight. And it's one that could go either way
1: And I wonder if they're coming to the boil, Dundee At the right time as well Because they got off to a disappointment yeah. With James McPake on the show Tuesday And he was reminding us That they'd got off to a really slow start A disappointing start But they seem to be coming good And that win at Kirkcaldy In the semi-final against Wraith When they won on the plastic yeah. pitch by, by three goals to nil That, that will give them a massive yeah. boost
3: But both sides are going in in, in good form um, I think it's fair to say at some points this season, James McPake's job was, was on the line. Yeah, It, it looked as if Dundee could, could axe them, because they were really struggling to get into the playoff positions. Mm-hmm. But they've come good at the right time. Um, if you think back to their first game of the season where they lost six at Tynecastle yeah. and now where they are, um, yeah. Arguably in the rightful place as the the second biggest club in the championship. Yeah, yeah. they've given themselves a great chance. Well, well, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry,
1: sorry, I was just going to say just what Davy was saying there about about James McPake ah, yeah. being under pressure. Yeah. Well, th- this was him talking to us on on Tuesday about the pressure and who he went to uh, to try and get some important advice. Of course,
6: I feel the pressure, look, it was it's something that's new to me, yeah, I and mean, I've had to go to a lot of people and, and ask for advice and help and and whatnot, but. But I knew taking the job that I'd played for the club. I know that the, the supporters expect us to be a a premiership club. Um, but you, you've got to earn the right to be a premiership club. We well, were poor last season. And then this season, kind of similar. It's just been a bit of a weird season. But no, look, we've given ourselves a chance and that's what we can, that's what we sat down at the start of the season and said if it's not automatic promotion then we need to be in the playoff final and and have a right go at getting ourselves back to the Premiership.
1: Yeah, he said. He said he spoke to Gordon Strachan, who runs the academy at Dundee, and he also spoke to Chris Coleman. And I was just thinking that must have been when he was at Coventry. Maybe would Chris Coleman yeah. have been the manager when the James McPake yeah. played at Coventry? I would think that'd be the connection. Uh, and he was very readily admitting that he just picks up the phone and, and looks for help and advice. And it, that yeah. was that seemed to me quite refreshing that that a young manager like him is happy. To admit that 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 he takes a, takes on advice from from anyone that he thinks is valuable.
4: Well, I I think it's really really important. I, you know sometimes um, you know to hear different views, uh, other people's experiences. Uh, you know sometimes it doesn't matter how much experience you have yourself. Um, you know to have the ability to listen, uh, to engage with other people, and um, to therefore come to to really good decisions. I think is is a really good way to go, uh, Rob. And and I also got to, I think you've got to congratulate and give some credit to Dundee because as we've seen football too many times, clubs are a little bit quick and, and can be forced to maybe you know sack a sack a coach too yep. early after maybe not 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 the greatest of starts, but they've benefited by by sticking with their man. And um, so you know, like I said, you've got to give credit to to Dundee as well. But yeah, McPake obviously in terms of. experience and and, and looking for advice, uh, it is refreshing.
1: Tommy Wright of course hoping uh, to keep Kilmarnock in the Premiership, that was the the job he was given when he came in uh, not so very long ago Um, and despite the fact they've finished second bottom, they have been putting together some some decent Decent uh, results um, and that makes them
7: uh, positive. I'm quietly confident where we are at the moment, but with 180 minutes to go out and maintain those performances football can change quickly on a decision or anything else but how, how the team is playing means we can go into the game feeling good about ourselves sometimes that doesn't guarantee you victory but I'm hoping that, that that it will because I'm happy where we are at the moment in terms of how we're playing
1: 8.15 kickoff tonight at Dens Park. That is going to be quite a game. Dundee against Kilmarnock playing for a place in the Premiership tonight. The first leg Monday is the decider back at uh, Rugby Park. Get involved. We're talking football tonight uh, right till 7 o'clock. 08.08.17.17.700. 17,
2: The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 So
1: massive matches coming up None more so than that Premiership playoff final tonight It's two legs Uh, The first one is at Dens uh, Tonight 8.15 kickoff between Dundee and Kilmarnock, we'll hear more from uh, Tommy Wright and we'll hear more from uh, James McPake. who's a very interesting thoughts uh, when he was with us on Tuesday. So that much uh, tonight, 8.15. It's the League One playoff final second leg as well. That's Dumbarton against Edinburgh City. Jim Duffy's team with a 3-1 advantage. Uh, the first leg was played in the capital and uh, Dumbarton uh, looking to keep their place, having finished second bottom in in League One. We're two days away from the Scottish Cup final. It is St Johnston against Hibbs, and it could be the season of his dreams for Callum Davidson if he can add the Scottish Cup uh, to the League Cup, which St Johnston have already got stashed away in the boardroom in Perth how is he going to build on that achievement well goodness knows probably Mission Impossible Uh, he should probably hang up his uh, whatever you hang up when you're a manager's jacket the manager's jacket at the end of the season because he's done phenomenally well so speaking about all those games and talking about the Scotland squad of course which was named yesterday 26 players in Stevie Clark's initial squad for the three games against the Czech Republic and uh, Croatia and of course that match at Wembley against England. Davy Proven, Craig Moore, Rob McLean in the studio. And we've got Gordon Sheak with us as well from the from the Tartan Scarf. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. How we doing? Hi, Gordon. Good. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, what are you thinking about that squad? Was that pretty much what you expected?
0: I think it's phenomenally exciting, I've got to say. Um, although, do you know what? I think... I would like to give a shout out to somebody who maybe hasn't had a lot of good things said about him down the years. But the guy Mark Votta, who was Scotland's performance director, he was the first performance director we had. He introduced the performance school system. Mm -hmm. That was 10 years ago. They said at the time it was going to take years to bed in to get players coming through. The fact that we can announce a squad for a major final yesterday and two of the most exciting young players, Nathan Patterson, Billy Gilmore, both performance school graduates... I think that's, a, that's 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 shown that that
1: system works, don't you think? I have to say that when I came into the studio tonight, Davey, I wasn't expecting to hear the words let's hear it from Mark Water." but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what, what, what do you reckon?
3: I think, did Mark Water not say that Scotland would be in a World Cup final uh, by now?
1: Uh, <laughs> at which point he was carried out on a stretcher? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I'll reserve judgment on Mr Water. I'll say that, but what I would say is that it's terrific to see Billy Gilmore and Nathan Patterson in the squad as early as this. And, you know, when you look at Cian Tierney, Billy Gilmore, Scott McTominay, Andy Robertson, not just playing in England, but playing at the very top level in England, then there clearly is an improvement in the technical quality of of the player that we're producing. And that can only be a good thing going forward.
1: Yeah, and it's not bad, Gordon, that we're we're waiting. We're having to wait uh, on Billy Gilmore and Scott McTominay as well uh, while they get finished with their clubs who are in two European finals upcoming.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, I, I completely agree. You you want to see Scotland players playing at the very highest level, playing in the biggest matches, and that's exactly what they're doing, which makes it uh, very exciting to follow them.
1: Did you hear at the top of the show? Did you hear uh, Craig and Davies' uh, starting eleven for that first game? Uh, we'll refresh if you if you didn't. But uh, we're looking to uh, we're looking to find out what you reckon as well as a starting eleven, Gordon.
0: Um, I didn't hear it to be honest, but I've got to say I, I would probably say that. It, it's going to be fairly predictable because that's what Steve Clark has done. He's he's created a first choice eleven, which, funnily enough, you know, players that play together more often make a better team. That that I don't think that's rocket science. So, mm. I think the team that you're going to look
1: starting against the Czech Republic, you could probably name ten or eleven names right now and get them right. Craig, just quickly run through your eleven, which is probably not far away from what's in Stevie Clark's head at the moment.
4: Yeah, we're going. I've gone with David Marshall in goal. Uh, five at the back. O'Donnell on the right. Hendry, uh, the right side of the three central defenders. Hanley inside him. Tierney on the left. Robinson as, as the left side of wing back. Midfield three, uh, two holders: McTominay, McGregor, McGinn slightly further forward, and Shea Adams and Lennon Dykes up top.
1: Gordon, does that sound close to what you would be thinking? That sounds perfect. That sounds absolutely perfect. I love it. I
0: mean, but there's just so much to love in that team. I mean, and, and there's so many weapons. I mean, we saw it in March. I mean, even though Lyndon Dykes didn't score in March, he created quite a few of those goals by making runs, by being the battering ram up front that created space for others. I mean, could he be our Olivier Giroud this summer? Why not?
1: Davies two players different. Um, he goes for Declan Gallagher. Uh, instead of Grant Hanley in the middle of the the defence. And also, uh, Davy reckons Nathan Patterson uh, could be pitched in. Uh, What what do you reckon to that, Gordon? Well, you see, I think the exciting
0: thing, and this is something that no Scotland manager's been able to do this, this century, is that we've got a full month to be in a training camp, working together, training together, living together every day. So for guys like Billy Gilmore, for Nathan Patterson, for David Turnbull... They've got ample opportunity to impress the manager when it comes to training. They've also got two friendlies as well. So by the time these games come around, none of those guys should be uncapped by then. So if they've impressed the manager, they've impressed the coaching staff. I see absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be be fighting for a starting position. It's, a,
4: it's an interesting time, Gordon. As well, I've been in a similar uh, experience, you know, pre World Cup, for example. And, and and you have that month preparation, and you've got this 26, 28 man squad. Uh, and there's a real competitive environment because everyone is desperate to be involved. Everyone wants to play. Um, and, and I think that that's the the great thing leading into to this tournament on the back of such a long time for Scotland uh, without have, having that kind of action. But that, that preparation, that lead-in, it will be competitive. And as you've touched on, everyone will get a fair opportunity.
1: That is 52 times capped for Australia. Craig Moore talking there. How, how did I do? Was that, is that accurate? 50, 52, 53, I'm not sure. 52. I should, should have played a lot more. What, but, what's a cap or two between friends, eh? <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because under normal circumstances, uh, Nathan Patterson not having been playing games recently for Rangers... Uh, you know, wouldn't be pitched in if yeah. the game was next week and and that and, and he hadn't played for Rangers. Yeah. The, the difference is that there is this long build up, Davey and and there are the the training camps and there are the friendlies before and there's every chance for him to get right under Stevie Clark's I, nose. I, I,
3: absolutely, and if you look at the impact he made in the last Old Firm game, albeit you know there was no crowd at Ibrox, but what a game he had, mm. um, you know. And if you can go into to that particular fixture and acquit yourself as well as he did. I don't think he'd be phased by playing for Scotland. I really don't. Whether Steve Clark would, would be bold enough to do it, I'm not sure. He he's obviously goes back a long way with Stephen O'Donnell at Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um. It would be a real kick in the teeth if he left Stephen O'Donnell out. And the wise money, I guess, would be on O'Donnell playing.
1: Mm. Yeah, there is that trust between those two, isn't there? Uh, what about Lee Griffiths? I mean, he's been a name that's been bandied about quite a lot as a... Um, Should he have been pitched into a a 26 man squad Gordon do you reckon uh, because of his ability to score goals I mean there's no one better there's no no better natural born goal scorer available to Scotland most people would say than than Lee Griffiths Uh, would you have put him in there uh, just to have him on the bench and available if it's nil nil against the Czechs with 15 minutes to go?
0: Yeah, I, I can completely understand why people have always championed Lee Griffiths. Like you said, he is a natural goal scorer and always has been. I think if the tournament was happening 12 months ago, like it should have been, I think there would have been a very good argument for Lee Griffiths going. But since then, we have actually had two very, very good strikers come onto the scene for us in Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams, who are, one of them is phenomenally technically gifted, one of them is incredible in the air, incredibly strong. I think they're an exciting partnership to go for. Actually, I'd love to actually ask Craig about Lyndon sure. Dykes because... I've always had this impression that Australians, their attitude towards sport is different to the way that we're raised in Scotland. If you're Australian, you play sport and you play to win and you yeah. get the gold medal because that's what Australians do. And part of me feels like Lyndon Dykes just brought that attitude to this Scotland team. You know, he wasn't mm. raised in kind of fatalism and defeatism <laughs> and glorious failure. He just turned <laughs> up and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the record scorer for Scotland and that's what I'm going to do. And go ahead <laughs>
4: yeah well he comes look he definitely comes with a with a freshness he, you know that that fresh um, you know he, he yeah not not been brought up here obviously he knows enough about it i i have known linden from from his time in australia and late developer and it probably took coming back to scotland for the, for the the penny to drop with him to say this is something that i really really want and that i'm actually quite good at this um you know but it, it, like what you're saying there you know in terms of coming out and you know, wants to be the leading all-time goal scorer for, for the Scottish national team. He's got huge belief in himself. Uh, he come in and made a a great start. I think he scored on his debut, which is always important for a striker. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, some of the Aussies are, are quite laid back and he certainly looks to, to have that in his locker. But he's a winner um, and he'll he'll fight uh, for his team, um, which is also important. I think he needs to be smart at times. He's... A little bit petulant with some silly bookings. And, and when you look at a tournament situation, you got to make sure uh, you do the right thing by your team and don't get silly bookings because having all the
3: players on the field and all your squad available in tournament situations is vital. He's, he's not going to get bullied, is he, Craig? He, mm, definitely you know, you, not. You, you saw, it, you know, when he came into the Scotland team, yeah. initially playing up front against two centre-backs at times, Giants but yeah. nobody bullied him he's no. he's a real game competitor
4: yeah. and he's toughened up and he, look he baby, he loves that he loves that battle he loves that yeah. challenge you know he's um, you know he's he's, he's learnt the ropes hasn't he you know he's been at clubs um, you know where coming through even at Livingston what sort of stuff. I remember watching him a few seasons ago and I go yeah, he's, he needs to toughen up a little bit he's getting he's getting knocked about a little bit too much for my mm. liking but he's certainly improved and, and actually excelled in that area he loves that battle
1: David Turnbull would appear to have filled out a pretty impressive application form to be getting into the Scotland team. He's in the squad. I mean yeah. I, I don't know I I kind of expected him to be in the squad in March yes. and and he wasn't. Uh, but he has played so well Davy as part of a really yeah. struggling Celtic team this season. Yeah. D- does that give him a fairly strong cl- I know I know it's difficult to to imagine elbowing out some of the names that we've listed already. But could could the same uh, the same theory be available to him as it is to Nathan Patterson that he's got time here to prove on the training ground to Stevie Clark that he's worth a start.
3: Yeah, and and don't don't forget, Rob, that in the two friendlies that Scotland have arranged between now and the first game, Mm -hmm. you know, Steve Clark will get injuries. And, you know, it could be that something will open up for David Turnbull. And what I would say, under those circumstances, I don't think Steve Clark or David Turnbull himself would have any fears at all about going into the first game against the the Czech Republic. I think there's a real assurance and confidence about him. Um, he, he's the highlight of Celtic's season, without a doubt. Yeah. And he's he's ready to play for Scotland. Where
1: are you, Gordon, on David Turnbull?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm delighted he's in the squad. I mean, there's a saying I, I really like that the the opportunity of a lifetime is only good for the lifetime of the opportunity. And or you, hey, you are on fire success. tonight.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know, he is you, you know, you, you wind the clock back seven months ago. He was riding the bench at Celtic, couldn't get into that team. You you would not have predicted he was going to this Euros. Mm-hmm. But then six, seven months later He's had a great season. Like you said, he's been the bright spot in that Celtic team that have struggled. He's PFA Young Player of the Year. He's mm-hmm. absolutely earned his place in the, in the, in the squad and and yet yeah, will we'll absolutely compete. Whether you can imagine him elbowing out John McGinn, for example, because that's probably who he'd be head to head yeah. with in terms yeah. of position in this squad. Mm-hmm. You maybe can't see that, but coming off the bench, yeah. absolutely why not?
1: And offering something a little bit different uh, um, as well. I think, Bef- pre-squad probably being named I think a lot of people thought in the last few weeks it was going to be Turnbull versus Christie for a place but but they're both there and they both offer something different don't they
4: yeah no very very much um, different type of players uh, but like I said I mean we, we were a little bit surprised I guess in the last international uh, scenario that, that Turnbull on the back of what he'd uh, he'd done domestically that he wasn't in that squad uh, and then they were kind of questioning the loyalty I guess that Steve Clark was potentially going to show his players but I think that the opportunity of the, the squad extension in terms of going to the 26 come at the right time and therefore the likes of your, you know, your, your Turnbulls, uh, your Billy Gilmores uh, and Pattersons and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's a no-brainer. Normally when you go into a major tournament, you have one smokey. Right, and one smoke. One, one what? One smoky, one, you know, a bit of... A <laughs> bit Yeah. One, one, <laughs> oh, another, all right. right, okay. One smoky, a bit, bit of an X Factor, a bit, of a, a bit of a punt, a bit of a risk, and, and potentially that was Lee Griffiths, right? But Steve Clark's obviously done his homework here. Another thing you can't afford during a, a major competition is, is any distractions off the field. Um, so I get it, and I, I agree with Gordon, like, six, 12 months ago, yeah, Lee Griffiths, unbelievable goal scorer. Homework's been done. Um, this is the right squad and, and, and the right squad to give Scotland the best opportunity to do well in these championships
1: I'm going to get a translator on this show next time <laughs> <when> he, next <laughs> Smokies, time Craig Moser that's a first for me yeah, yeah. that's smoky yeah. 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 I'm, like that. I'm going to use that one even, if, even though I don't <laughs> understand it um, James Forrest and Ryan Fraser um, all, were always going to be in the squad Gordon but you know neither has got too much game time under their belt uh, in recent times what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I've not got too many concerns about that, to be honest. I mean, Ryan Fraser, especially, he's he seems to have timed his spells of fitness this season with international breaks, which you know maybe just tells you where his priorities lie. I mean, you you listen to his post match interviews, and he makes it very clear that he would run through brick walls for Steve Clark and this squad. So delighted to have him in the squad. And James Forrest, I think, I have thought that we've maybe lacked a bit of natural width in the team. Obviously, Steve Clark has really bedded in this this five three two system. It doesn't really play with wingers. If we do need to go to a Plan B, you do need players to change the system. James Forrest can do that with one substitution. So, I think it's important that he's in the team for sure. And he's got so much experience. You know, he's got 30 plus caps for the team. He's been there, done it for Scotland before.
1: Yeah, and I, these are all guys that that probably everybody being fit, Davy would would be options from the bench. Probably Turnbull, Forrest, Fraser maybe unlikely to, to start with yeah. them, but, but could well be involved. I,
3: I just don't see Forrest or Fraser starting if if he's going to play three or, or five at the back. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a back four, yeah. But, you know, I, I remember watching Ryan Fraser being asked to play right wing back for Alec McLeish. And it, it was just a bad fit. I don't think natural wide players, and Fraser and Forrest both come into that category, enjoy playing as a wing back where they've got to go box to box. Um, I think they much prefer to play with a full-back behind them. Yeah. And under this system, I, I just don't see there's an awful lot of room
1: for wood. One more question for you, Gordon. Is it three games and that's it? Or are we going to get more? <laughs> Come on, this is positivity. This is brand
0: positivity. This is what we're doing Oh, well, I was summer. setting
1: you up, wasn't it? I? Was... <laughs> you were, you were. And I will
0: gladly knock it out of the park. Beat the Czech Republic first game, two games at Hamden. Game against England takes care of itself. We'll never have a better chance to get to the no- get to the knockout stages. Six out of eight third place teams go to the knockouts. Beyond that, we're experts at penalties. Am I going to say Greece in 2004? That I just did.
1: <laughs> Liking the sound of that, Gordon. Go and have a lie down after that. Go. <laughs> good, good to have you on the show. Pleasure. All the best. That is Gordon from Tartan Scarf.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: We're all starting to get very excited about Scotland against the Czech Republic and uh, Scotland against England and Scotland against Croatia. The European Championship Finals. That first game is just 25 days away uh, we've been picking our starting 11 for that first game, so feel free to get involved and let us know what you think about Scotland's best starting lineup. Stevie Clark, of course, will make the final decision um, in round about three and a half weeks' time. It's all looming up very large. As is the Scottish Cup final on Saturday, just two days away from St Johnston. Against Hibs. it's Rob McLean here, and with me in the studio, two men who have got six Scottish Cup final appearances between them. Um, I look across at Craig Moore, and he looks blank because because that's kind of what he does when wow. I bring up uh, his playing past. It uh, great all... memories of the cup finals, <laughs> great memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're about to find out. I'll give you, I'll give you a moment to think about it, because Davey, you've played in two two Scottish Cup finals, and there's no doubt about your abiding three Scottish Cup. <laughs> I knew it was going, my research was going too well, wasn't it? Three Scottish Cup finals and uh, no doubt about your the, the, the moment for you yeah. in, a, in a Scottish Cup final.
3: Yeah, yeah. the 100th. Because it was the 100th, it was, I suppose it was a kind of landmark final and we were a goal down against Dundee United and, and I scored from a free kick. Frank McGarvey got the winner and we turned it around with uh, just 13 minutes to go and that, that would go down as my indelible memory of the Scottish Cup, yeah.
1: Something special. Yeah, what, yeah was I mean, it, what was the crowd What was the crowd that day Can you
3: remember 66 Right
1: 66,000
3: um, Yeah But um, Just a pity we won't have 66,000 Against the Czech Republic Isn't it
1: No but Thank what goodness we've, we've, we've got 12,500
3: Which is better yeah. than This coming Saturday At Hampden, isn't
1: it Yeah Four Scottish Cup finals For you Craig Moore Yes four um, What's your What's your top memory <sighs> Evan, did you get any? No,
4: nah, look, I mean, obviously, to, to, to play in one is a, 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 an amazing uh, thing to have achieved and, you know, to, to, to have won four. Um, against against Celtic, obviously, with your, you know, the rivalry that, that's here in, in, in Glasgow, um, you know, the 3-2 three, three, game, the late goal uh, from Peter Lovencrans. I think it's 2002. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, look, just a, a wonderful day, you know, for a player, the build-up leading mm. into... To, to these kind of uh, games, uh, the buzz, um, uh, you know, and to go on and to, to lift a trophy in front of, uh, you know, really good crowds. Uh, and game we talk about crowds now, uh, mm. you know, which uh, unfortunately still not going to be the case. This the In terms of, is there a crowd for this game? There's no, no, there's, no, no, there's not. There, there, there was at
1: one point going to be it's 600, which is, and now, now it's and, nothing. And, and, uh,
4: and that, that's a real shame, Rob, because when we seen, you know, the English Cup for 21,000, 21,000. So, for me, that, you know, is a major disappointment for the players. um, But at the same time, they'll go out and enjoy the occasion, play the occasion. Callum Davison, uh, a wonderful opportunity to to win two Cups, which hasn't been done outside of the old firm, I think, since Aberdeen days, 89. Uh, So, Alex Ferguson, maybe need to double-check that. Mm -hmm. Um, too much research going on in here tonight
1: (laughs) I know know, exactly (laughs) and some of it is proving to be (laughs) off beam yeah autopilot
4: I was on autopilot there
1: yeah you just threw in a a smoky there I think (laughs) a smoky there you go Yeah, Yeah, it is it it is is catching Um, I I mean what in December, when, when we had the last season's delayed Scottish Cup final, the, there was no expectation of fans because we were in the midst of the COVID mire at that stage. It, it's just disappointing at the moment. We understand why there are no fans at the final or on Saturday. But as we are in the midst of games now that are featuring fans and, and that makes it really disappointing yeah. because it might be, for some of the players, it might be their only ever Scottish Cup final appearance and it's behind closed doors.
3: Which... Made me all the more surprised when I heard both managers saying they would rather play the final at an empty Hamden than have it moved. Yeah. Because Dave Cormack offered up mm. Pataudry to have the game played there. Mm. Could have got a crowd into Pitaudry, um, and given it a bit of, of atmos. But both managers, it's probably just... the. A-
1: it's that this, historic thing about I getting to Hampden. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: it's part of the whole theatre of the day, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Hampden... Is, is, it, is it a Scottish Cup final if it's not at Hamden? Yeah.
1: Mm. Mm. Not sure it is. Yeah, but what would, what would the fans say? The, yeah. Yes, the fans would want, ideally, to support their team at Hampden, but come the crunch, Davy, they'd want to be yeah. at the Cup final yeah. wherever it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
3: It's, it's just... I think sickening is too strong a word, but to, to watch 21,000 people at the Caribou. Uh, cup final, and our own Cup final being played in front of fifty-two thousand empty seats. It's, yeah, it's so
1: sad. We really appreciate noise and atmosphere now, don't we? And mm-hmm. and even at games. I mean, I was at a couple of the Test games earlier in the season when there were only three hundred people there. Yeah. But even even at that, it's such a big step forward from the sounds of silence.
4: Well, it does. Especially, you've done a lot of games this season. Yeah. I've been at, been at um, you know quite a few few games as well, and it just. It's like a um, a training ground, family. You hear everything, you mm. know, um, and then all of a sudden you get 300 or you know, like some some bigger crowds. Uh, hopefully that we that we've had, um, and that noise, um, it's crucial it, it, for me because that's what the game's all about, yeah. you know. And 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 also when you talk about cup is a little bit different, but in terms of you know having home supporters uh, or have, having that real that drive that twelfth man, that kind of can happen as well. So, look. We want fans back in. I'm disappointed as well because like I says, I mean, Scottish Cup, to be fair, it's all about that tradition and culture and...
2: Yeah,
3: and, and you you made a point to me in the break, Craig, about Nathan Patterson who will never have played in front of a proper crowd. He hasn't. You hasn't. Know, if you think about yeah. it, you know, he's, yeah. he's come in to the Rangers side playing in front of empty seats every week.
1: Um, what's going to be he, what's he going to be like against the Czech Republic, David? With well, twelve and a half thousand
3: screaming, you, you would certainly hope he yeah. reacts to it because players yeah. certainly get energy from the from the crowd.
1: Yeah,
3: and that twelve thousand will be making as much noise as they can, I'm sure.
1: What about the, the cup final, Craig? What's your what's your fancy? Is it going to be that cup double for for St Johnston, which would be <clears throat> historic and and absolutely incredible, or are Hibs as their premiership? Placing would indicate the better team?
4: Sometimes this game's not about who's the better team. Uh, you know, that cup scenario, one-off. Um, I, I, look, Callum Davison's done an amazing job and, and St Johnson have turned into a really, really good cup side. Um, you know, they, they they don't give up. They hang in games um, and, and that gives them the opportunity to go and get the, the desired result. But when I look at Hibs and I look at their firepower... Um, and in the way that they've performed for, for for you know the the main part of the season, I feel as if they'll have too much in this game. Oh, you know, you look at Martin Boyle, um, you know, you look at Nisbet, uh, you look at Doidge, Um
1: That's a good front three, isn't it?
4: Good front three. You know, Jackson Irvine. And I'm not being biased here, although I have mentioned two Australians in the mix oh. there. <laughs> uh, no, but I, ju- I just feel as if Hibbs, Davy,
3: uh, have got a little bit more threat going forward. There, there, there's no doubt, player for player, Hibbs have the better side. But Hibbs should have had too much for Livingston in the League Cup semi final and lost three nil. Yeah. And there's still a still a big question mark for me over bottle when it comes to Hibbs. Yeah. And, you know, this this is a big test for them because, you know, with the old firm being knocked out of the tournament, they'll never have a better chance of, of winning the Scottish Cup. Um were they to lose it? The accusations of Bottle would, would Hibsing come right it to, Yeah absolutely Yeah, But it's a great chance for them They have the better players And I would say there There is no excuse For Jack Ross's players If if they lose this one
1: Interesting news In the last few days About Martin Boyle Who's still got a couple of years On his contract at Hibs yeah. But there's also a buyout clause Where a, a club can come in And <coughs> pinch him And it would be pinching him For half a million
4: Unbelievable business uh, in terms of you know for for a, a club if they were they were interested, um, I think Martin's he's 28 years of age. He's, he, his numbers this season um, have been incredible for a wide attacking player. Um, Hibs will definitely be wanting to keep a hold of him, uh, but with that with that type of clause, it certainly would uh, raise uh, a lot of eyebrows. I believe, or you know, a lot of clubs will be going mm, that, that, that that might be something that we're in- interested in. Also, because of the Australian um, passport and situation, there will be big opportunities in Asia as well, mm. which is not normally a traditional market for, yeah. for the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Scottish and British type of player, but for Martin yep. Boyle, yep. it is a market that could be explored.
1: Would he, I must admit that when he, when he, um, Through his lot in with Australia Davey I was disappointed I saw him as a, a possible yeah. Scotland squad player do you think had he, had, he, had, he be, had he gone Scotland rather than Australia would he, would he have been in this 26 man squad he,
3: he would have been there or thereabouts that's for sure I mean he and Scott Arfield are the obvious ones I think Scotland missed out on mm. by, by not capping them in a competitive game and making them Scottish so to speak mm. I think they're the, they're the two that got away but certainly Martin Boyle in his, his current form is, uh, is a game changer for Hibbs.
1: Who's your winner, Davy, on the Saturday afternoon?
3: It should be Hibbs. It should be Hibbs, mm-hmm. But, you know, St. Johnson... I, I was reading Derek McInnes, who was manager of St. Johnson at the time, mm-hmm. where he got Murray Davidson and Liam Craig for 35 grand. The two of them for 35 grand. And if you think Murray Davidson missed out on St. Johnson's last two cup finals because of injury, it might just be written in the stars that Saints are going to do it this weekend.
1: Yeah, we, it would be great to think that he's... At the very least, involved in it, mm-hmm. um, and they—they've just got a whole lot of confidence about them now. St Johnston, they—they—they they are a well-oiled machine, Craig, aren't they?
4: Yeah, and look for for me as a, as a neutral, uh, you know, it's it's a, it would be a great story, uh, for you know St Johnston and and to do the cup double, it would be an enormous achievement. Um, you know, they've worked ever so hard. Um, okay, I've got a bit of an interest in Hibs because of the a couple of the Australian players, but. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen in a cup final. It really can. You know, one, one moment can, can change, you know, one, one injury, one mistake. On paper, you go, Hibs. But uh, St Johnson have got every chance, and, and that motivation of
1: winning a cup double will be massive. Sure We're talking football for another hour after the news at six.
2: The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.
1: I'm joined now by Gary from
0: OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was was unbelievable.
1: You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler
0: upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
1: And you can also text us, go and your message to 87474 on the socials at go football Show. Get involved in the, the football discussion. That's the way we like it. And we're talking football uh, between now and seven, that first hour. Has uh, roared very quickly past, and what will be uh, very quickly upon us as well later on after the show tonight is that eight fifteen kick off for the Premiership playoff final first leg, Dundee against Kilmarnock at Dens in front of uh, five hundred lucky dark blues uh, fans who will be supporting their team and hoping. They can uh, get the right sort of result tonight to take to Rugby Park for the return on Monday. It is also the second leg tonight of the League One playoff final and that's Barton against Edinburgh City. And it's 3-1 from the first leg in Edinburgh. So very much advantage, Jim Duffy's team. Can they get the job done uh, tonight down at The Rock? Two days away from the Scottish Cup final, of course. We've been talking about it. Sadly, no fans at Hampden for St Johnston against Hibbs, But it could be a magnificent end to the season for either of those teams who've already covered themselves in glory. Hibbs finishing third in the Premiership. And St Johnston have already got the League Cup uh, in their ownership. Can they make it two on Saturday with the Scottish Cup as well? We're talking Scotland, naturally enough, uh, after Stevie Clark named his 26-man squad for the Euros yesterday. And we're 25 days away from the first game Against the Czech Republic, and there will be fans.
5: Even just watching the games on television now and seeing a, and hearing a little crowd and the atmosphere, the, the passion. And the, I don't know if you watched the Chelsea game last night, with the little kerf, kerfuffle at the end, you know, with the fans back, it's it's part and parcel of the game. It'll be great to have the Tartan Army here, not in not in full numbers, but there'll be in enough numbers, and I'm sure they I'm sure they'll be loud enough.
1: Let's talk to Andy from the Hamden Roar podcast. Hi, Andy.
8: Hi Rob, how you doing?
1: Yeah, very well, thanks. And uh, well, there will be something of a and roar, thankfully, uh, for <laughs> that, that first game. Uh, I think 12 or so thousand are going to manage to make a, a fair bit of noise. What do you reckon?
8: Yes, well, hopefully I'll be one of them. Um, I've got tickets as it stands through the UEFA ballot, so I'll be certainly pushing my voice to
1: the limits when, when we're there. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, what do you make of the squad? Are you happy with it, Andy? Very much so. Uh, I, I don't think there are really too many controversial
8: Inclusions or exclusions from Steve Clark on this one it's, it's kind of as we expected It's a really strong squad I think uh, you're all pretty much in agreement on that When there are a few that I would pick up on That are pleasantly surprising Nathan Patterson, certainly I would have had him in Over Liam Palmer I think that O'Donnell has earned the jersey And will start against the Czech Republic But I think Palmer, eh, sorry Patterson Deserves to be there as the backup um, I was not disappointed, but I think James Forrest is slightly lucky that we're weak in the winger areas, that he's missed most of the season. Has come back, had another injury lay-off, and he and still managed to get in. I think that he's fortunate we don't have many other wingers. Because he's, he's not done too well for Scotland over the years. He had a great hatch against Australia, but if you look at his caps collectively, there, there are not too many standout performances. So those were mm. the, the two really that jumped out at me.
1: I would have uh, James Forrest down as having talismanic qualities at times yeah. for Scotland Davy. what do you reckon well, he certainly
3: couldn't stop scoring for Alec McLeish at one point could he, as, mm.
1: as got... uh, he it was well, a purple scored... patch I take your point yeah. Andy but...
8: yeah he, he, scored, he scored those two against Albania and then the hatching against Israel which were excellent but that was over two caps he, he's new 40 caps now James Forrest I'm not having too much of a go at him here I just would love to see him replicate his form for Celtic more regularly for Scotland
3: Davy, I think it's fair comment Um yeah, I think he's probably a better player for Celtic than than for Scotland. But just given the shape that Steve Clark has settled on, I, you know, I don't see James Forrest or Ryan Fraser start unless Ryan Fraser plays off the front, which he's done brilliantly beside Lyndon Dykes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see James Forrest starting though.
1: I think Ryan Fraser, Andy, could have given Stevie Clark more of a headache uh, had he been playing more for for Newcastle rather than the way it's been.
8: Yeah, yeah, an interesting point from David there as well. I really liked Ryan Fraser uh, playing off the front, but the inclusion of Dykes uh, was a given. But I wonder if that, that is the way that Clark is, is going to go, playing Dykes and Adams together rather than Fraser or maybe Forrest buzzing off them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the two of them have been included maybe with a change of shape in mind, just in case we need to go um, to a 4-3-3 or a 4-5-1 rather than the, the three at the back, and then we can naturally bring one of them or both of them off the, ben- the bench and
1: adapt as needed. What do you think, Craig Moore? Is it Dykes and Adams? I mean, that, that's the way you've picked it, and your your team at the top of the show, obviously.
4: Yeah, and and, and certainly for for game one, which I think is a, the, the, certainly the best case scenario of having Czech Republic uh, in the the first game. But oh, look, Scotland are, uh, have got options. Um, you know, Fraser has done very well next to next to Dykes. Um, you know, he he's a different type of player. He's got good energy. He, he makes good forward runs. He can pop in just underneath. Um, you know, if Lyndon Dyke's able to pin people, you can get that success and joy there. Shea Adams has shown me all of that, though. Plus, he's playing at a top, top level. Um, so I, that's why I went for, for the two of them as my uh, my main starting partnership. And like I said, I think with McGinn, that the ability to, to link up and join, and he's got that real desire and energy to, to play between the boxes, which I think is is very, very important. You know, James Forrest that we, that we touched on... I, the Smoky, for me, the Smoky in terms of the one player with the lack of games and the, and the, maybe the lack of normal preparation um, is him. I believe in this squad, but at the same time, four to six weeks in preparation for a major tournament, um, the way that the, the loadings and the way that the top ups that the players have not had the minutes and all that sort of stuff, they will be ready for a major tournament. So that's a risk that's well worth taking.
1: Andy, would you have Dykes and Adams both in your starting lineup?
4: It's a tough one because I think that Dykes'
8: form down at QPR has really made this um, a difficult one. I I would have had Adams and Fraser together with Dykes coming on to make an impact, but I'm now 50-50 on that. I reckon that I think that Dykes could well be the one that starts alongside Adams rather than Fraser playing just often. Yeah.
1: Here's Stevie Clark uh, speaking. Um, we touched on it earlier on. Um, about mctominy and Gilmore, who've both—it's uh, nice to be able to say this about Scotland players—they've they've both got European finals coming up.
5: Yeah, the idea is that they'll, they'll join us later. Uh, it's obviously great that they're both going to be involved in a major European final. So, the idea is that they'll both join us in Portugal. So when we get to Portugal, they, they can join us then. Unless, of course, they they turn down that up op- that offer and, and want to join us earlier. Which well, they're more than welcome to do.
1: Andy mctominy's a, a certain starter, obviously. Uh, can Billy Gilmore sneak his way in? I, I know he's not playing that much for, for Chelsea since Thomas Duco came in, um, but he is operating at a very high level, isn't he?
8: Very much so. He, I think he could sneak in in place of Callum McGregor. I, I'm not uh, really on either side of the fence on that one. McGregor's another that I, I hope brings his club form to the national team more regularly, but he was excellent against Serbia and he's earned the centre mid-Jersey. Uh, I do think though that if there was one centre mid that was to lose their place for Gilmore, I think it would be either McTominay's nailed on, yep. um, and I think that Gilmore is is potentially here on on the cusp of breaking into the team because of how he's played in the massive matches down for Chelsea. If he was playing in dead rubbers and just getting minutes here and there, I, I think that this wouldn't be as much of a conversation. But starting against Man City, starting there the FA Cup semi-final, champion league experience. It's really
1: hard to ignore. Could it be Happy Gilmore, Davy? Come the come the Euros. <laughs> well, I, I think it's
3: a it's a toss of a coin, isn't it? You know, between Callum McGregor and and, and Billy Gilmore,
1: which is interesting to actually well, well, voice that, isn't it? I,
3: I just don't think Steve Clark would make such a big call mm. going into the first game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he will. I think he'll want to stand by not out of loyalty, but just out of um, you know the the. The 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 team has a certain there are certain mainstays in the team and Callum McGregor has been one of them and I I I just don't see Steve Clark making such a seismic decision Mm. for this game.
1: Is Callum McGregor's season that he's just had Craig Mm -hmm. a factor here? He's going to be drained, isn't he? Every player is knackered Uh, at the end of the season, but but he's he's come through a lot, hasn't he? He's he's always the player Celtic look to Mm -hmm. to to get things together alongside Scott Brown. In, in that midfield yeah. you know it, it, what, where does Callum can he lift himself f- for, for this uh,
4: look I don't know the guy personally uh, but for me it seems like he's a, a wonderful professional um, and, and and goes about his business in the right manner day in day out of course he, he's gone through uh, you know, maybe a, a bit of a flat spell throughout the season but take into consideration everything that's happened at Celtic Football Club this season uh, it's to be expected and um, but again, you know, European Championships, first opportunity in 23 years. Um, we'll get a little bit of an opportunity to freshen up first before going into camp where the players will be really, really excited about the, the opportunity. For me, but I do agree in terms of potentially if you're going to leave somebody out of the the, the middle of the park. It's, it's either or, isn't it? Uh, for me, it's McGregor. You're it and, or McGregor. Yeah, and I'm thinking even, um, I think McGinn has played it. Uh, for Villa this season yeah. as, as a, hold, deeper, as yeah. a holder, yep. w- which for me then brings Turnbull to the table mm-hmm. because of what he can do and what he's done
1: uh, for Celtic this season. Turnbull, Andy, what do you think?
8: Not as a starter straight away. No, I understand what you're saying there, Craig, that John McGinn has played in that position for Villa this season, but if you move him back there, it completely nullifies what he's been doing for us being the one arriving in the box and getting on the score sheet, mm-hmm. I, I think he's too important for us in that role at the moment to to start moving him around. I, I genuinely think that McGinn in that position is, is the a first name on the team sheet just now, yeah. and for me, I, I wouldn't go moving him.
1: Yep, Davy, are you happy about Celtic players bouncing back from the the season they've had? I was just looking through. There there are five Celtic players in the squad, um, plus Jack Hendry, who's obviously been yeah. on loan yeah. in in Belgium. Um, it's it's been tough, hasn't it, for yeah, these I, guys? I,
3: I think they can put the disappointing league campaign behind them. You know, once once they got on the, the the flight and go, can this
1: be the tonic for I, them? Yeah,
3: I, I think so. The one thing I would say about Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor needs a rest from football. He's played far too many games over the last three, four seasons, oh. um, and I don't know how he's managed it. To be honest with you, would that
1: um, would that worry about him for this?
3: Maybe maybe that's why his form has has dipped this season for for Celtic because it's been non stop. Mm. You know, between Scotland and and Champions League qualifiers and Europa League ties, he's played a colossal amount of games. The boy really needs a rest. Yeah.
8: The concern Blake, will me... get a rest just now, Davy.
4: Yeah, he would be able to get a, a rest pre pre their, their their camp and all that sort of stuff. He certainly will have an opportunity to uh, to freshen up. Uh, and for me, it's not it's not a concern in terms of the five or six Celtic players that are that are in this squad um, that there'll be any sort of like. Their feeling of oh we've had a, a tough they'll be they'll be that excited to get into a different environment and 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 the national team my experience with the national team and the Scottish mentality is very much the same as the boys can't wait to get together um, and to hear how everyone's been doing that sort of stuff that camaraderie within the group and all that sort of stuff that's a strength for Scotland um, and I think that they'll be really looking forward to to that and certainly the season
3: will be put well behind them before they get into that camp. Andy, Craig and I picked a, a Scotland side earlier on that we'd like to see start the Czech Republic game. We, we, we differed over two positions, um, and one of them was, was a centre-back, where I've got Declan Gallagher, and Craig's got Grant Hanley. How would you call that one?
8: I think it depends on if your priority is rewarding a player that got us there, or bringing in a player who's been playing at a higher level uh, as a captain for a team that steamrolled the English Championship this season For me, I would play Grant Hanley uh, As the middle centre-half the mm-hmm. back three uh, I think that his solidity um, allows uh, Probably there'll be Jack Hendry on the right And then Keaton Tier on the left Allows them to take the ball down and, and feed the midfielders And it's yeah. Hanley's responsibility just to deal with whatever comes his way And I do trust him to do that he loads of sticks years ago on their stracking And he had a few mistakes And a bit of a bull in a china shop approach but I think he's matured he's trusted with the armband down at Norwich led him to promotion and he was pretty good for us in the qualifiers in March there he yep. didn't look like he was overawed coming back into the national setup. so I think that given the disparity of the level that him and Gallagher are playing at, no disrespect to Gallagher he's been great for us as well over the last uh, year or so but I think that Hanley deserves to be given the nod on this occasion
1: mm.
3: see, see the, the what I would say with Declan Gallagher is the same of, I would say with Stephen O'Donnell I think Declan Gallagher's been a better player for Scotland than he is for his club. Yep. And if you look at the way he handled Alexander Mitrovic in Belgrade, yep. Yep. I thought Declan Gallagher was an absolute star that night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mitrovic was ragdolling players in England, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he got nothing out of Declan Gallagher yeah. that night. I mean, obviously, it's a case of either or. I don't think either would, would, would let Scotland down. But yeah. I am with Craig, I, I think. I think Steve Clark will go with Grant Hanley. Yeah,
4: yeah. I think you touched on that, David. But Gallagher, in terms of if it's a real physical battle, so if, if that's yeah. a, if that's if that's a strike force that potentially you're coming up against, that brings him well and truly into the equation. You know, I think against that that maybe striker that's not as big has got a little bit more mobility. I could, then I, th- I think definitely Hanley then is better equipped.
1: I I, I must say I I love the composure. Of Declan Gallagher. Uh, and like Davey, I think he just performs way above what he's be, what he's been able to do this season with Motherwell in, in terms of what he does for Scotland. And and he, for a while, he, he just looked like an instrumental part of that Scotland mm. uh, defensive mm-hmm. lineup. Andy, am I right in thinking you, you, you do commentaries for Kelly TV? Is that right?
8: Yes, uh, for the home games that rugby podcast.
1: So, so you're sweating on this one tonight. What What's, what's your <laughs> reckoning?
8: Uh, I'd. I really hesitate to predict. Um, I'm nervous. Put it that way, I'm nervous. Uh, there's there's a lot at stake here for for both sides. I would say more so for Kelly. Um, Kelly are actually in, in quite good form, believe it or not. Yeah, well, i was just I'm just looking
1: at the games. Yeah. They've lost one of their last nine, which is incredible yeah, for a team that's just finished second bottom.
8: Yeah, going into the split, if you if you say that, right, okay, we'll take ten point ten points from the split games. You think, right? No bother. That should see us. That should see us to safety. But county just turned it up a gear when they needed to as well Um, I I do us to get through this at Dundee worry me slightly Uh, they've got some some really good players Charlie Adam uh, McGee's on a a good run of form Jason Cummins as well Um, so I'll be watching this first leg through my fingers I think and then I'm not very professional if I do that on Monday, but I'll be trying. To make-
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, sw- I swear by that method. <laughs> it's, a, it's, improved, it's improved me no end. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's is it is it going to go right down to the wire? Uh, do you reckon, Andy, uh, for next for, for Monday night?
5: Uh, I
8: w- I would take a draw tonight and back us to beat Dundee at home. The, the big difference, if you remember, back to the Falkirk game uh, when Lee Clark was the manager, 2016. The, the, the schedules were so different Because Kelly had a, a nice rest They were able to recuperate And they were able to plan well in advance For, for the game against Falkirk And Fulcook had back-to-back games the, the quarter and the semi But now, because of the virus These teams are coming into this At the same level of uh, tiredness, I suppose Because they've been playing the, the same schedules For the last few months So Kelly don't really have that advantage this time And that's been on my mind, I Yeah, that
1: um,
8: That Kelly aren't going to be coming into this with, uh, with loads of rocket fuel in their boots because they've been able to, to sit back and relax whereas Dundee have been playing all the games this time because of the virus, as I said. There's, there's been so much football to be played by both teams and, and there's no real advantage for Kelly on this on time.
1: Just before you go Andy Let's have a quick listen to your gaffer uh, Who sounds in a pretty confident mood
7: We're happy where we are at the moment We like to have had enough points to stay up Going into the playoff games Sometimes the team in that position Can be in a downward spiral And a downward slide But that, that can't be said about us But I say that's not us you know, Being overconfident or bullish about anything we're, we're, We know what we've got to do We've got ourselves in a position And the playoffs gives us an opportunity To get out of that situation
1: and of course, he took off a couple of the players uh, during the game at Hamilton, didn't he? On Sunday, just mm-hmm. to keep them fresh for for tonight uh, once he realised that that, that Ross County were going to get mm-hmm. that third-bottom place.
8: Yeah, there are a few players for Kelly that, that really do stand out. Chris Burke, Kyle Lafferty, and I'm a massive fan of Greg Kilty. Mitch Pinnock's come onto a game yeah. recently. It took him a long time to, to find his feet here, but he's shown what he's capable of and I hope he gets a contract for, for next season. Um, it's been such a, a weird turnaround because Kelly couldn't score goals for, for for fun at the start of the season, right? And they were going on barren spells after barren spell and were losing games marginally, like 1-0, 2-1, 2-0 here and there. Tommy Wright's come in, and I think the inclusion of Lafferty has a lot to do with this, but I mean, scoring, scoring a lot of goals, but also conceding a lot of goals. It's been yeah. a turnaround at both ends of the park.
1: So how's this for a double for you? Uh, Kilmarnock to keep their place in the Premiership and Scotland to get to the knockout stages of the Euros?
8: Oh, look, that would be absolutely just perfection, really. And and don't ask me what I would prefer. Don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I'm not going to ask you. Uh, good to have you on the show. No, thanks very much, Rob. Cheers. Cheers, Andy. That's Andy from the Hamden Roar. Podcast, uh, and also he does commentary work on uh, Killy TV. So he's going to be watching that playoff match tonight with a lot of interest. Kick off 8:15 at Dens.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: What we've we been talking about? It's a good question, actually. Well, we've been talking a lot about Scotland on the back of Stevie Clark naming his 26 players yesterday in the squad for the Euros. Upcoming uh, 12,500 fans will be inside Hamden in 25 days' time. We're already building up to fever pitch. How are we going to cope with the next three and a half weeks? Mm. It's a good question. Uh, Scotland against the Czech Republic on the way, uh, much earlier on the way tonight. uh, We were speaking about it just before the break with Andy uh, and with Craig and Davey, of course. uh, Dundee against Kilmarnock, the first leg of the Premiership playoff Final, uh, Kilmarnock looking to hold on to their position in the top fly. Dundee looking to get back there, having been relegated in twenty eighteen. It could be quite a battle between those two. What's the difference between the top end of the championship and the bottom end of the Premiership, Craig Moore? Probably not very much.
4: Not very much. No, not very much. Um, Kilmarnock like I says, oh, I just you know they're, they're on a really good run. I know Dundee have had a good run. I think experience. In this particular scenario, um, plays plays a lot. Uh, Kilmarnock, when they first brought in Tommy Wright, they didn't get the bounce, did they, the, in terms of n- normally a new manager comes in and you get that reaction straight away and you get the results. It didn't happen straight away. No, uh, It didn't and it's taken a little bit of time and Kilmarnock have, have made the, the right decision at the right time. Um, although, unfortunately, still seen him in a playoff situation. But I, I just feel as if they'll have too much over the two legs.
1: Big night for Dumbarton, Davy Proven, uh, not yeah. wanting to lose their place in League One. And they should be nicely set up, having uh, beaten Edinburgh City 3-1 away in the first leg of the League One playoff final. Uh, but they need to get the job done.
3: Yeah, I mean, I read Gary Naismith's comments this morning. He said, we have to score first. And I think the first goal tonight is, is absolutely key. You know, if Edinburgh City score first, it really is game on. The pressure is then on Dumbarton. Dumbarton uh, score first it's, it's, it's lights out really for, for Edinburgh City isn't it
1: and Ryan we're two days away from the Scottish Cup Final and it's a couple of days at least since you've been last on the show
9: I know it's amazing you must be getting sick of my voice
1: no at <laughs> all miss, we've missed you badly in the days you haven't been on but you're back uh, you're back coinciding with your team uh, heading back to Hamden and uh, is it going to be two trophies two cups in the same season what are you thinking
9: I hope so. The dream the dream is well and truly on anyway, that's for sure. So uh, oh. aye, why not We'll beat Hibs three times a season, let's make it a fourth.
1: Obviously, um Callum Davison is wrestling with the the aftermath of the of the covid situation. Um and he's having to make assessments, isn't he, even if even if players are physically looking as if they're ready. He's got to wonder if they're emotionally ready, mentally ready, all these sort of things, Davy, to be to be taken into account.
3: Yeah. And he's also he's also got to pick the right team. Mm-hmm. I mean, does he start Glenn Middleton, the man who who won the semi? Yeah. Yeah. Single-handedly. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what Ryan feels, but I mean for me Glenn Middleton's a, a must.
1: What do you think, Ryan?
9: Um I think I think Glenn Middleton's more of an impact player. I think if if we keep him fresh for the second half, and if he has the same impact again, then he could be the match winner again. Um, yeah, I think I think that's 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 what I'm wanting to
1: see anyway. It was some impact, Craig, wasn't it? The the pass for Chris Kane to score the first one, yeah. and then and then curling in that that free kick, all in the space of a couple of minutes.
4: As a manager, it's a dream, you know, when you have a player come off the bench like that and makes that kind of impact. He's uh, ball in for for Kane, who still had a, a bit to do, but he puts the ball Middleton into a good area. Um, Ends up being a really, really good finish.
3: Great striker score, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, great, great. Because, you know, he he manages to get in front of his central defender who's trying his best. um, But good striker, good run. But the ball was important. And then the the free kick. I mean, the free kick's special. It it really is, you know. It's a a great free kick. Gets it over the wall. Gets it up and down. Good pace on it. Goalkeeper, no chance. uh, and, And as you say, within a couple of minutes, game done. Yeah.
1: It's a headache for a manager, though, isn't it? It's a headache for Callum Davidson because you know he, you know, he wants to st- stick maybe with the players who, who've, yeah. who've done done it for him. Yeah. But then, but if you deny uh, a player like Glenn Middleton a place in the starting lineup, having made that sort of impact off the bench, then you know he's thinking, well, it's, you know, what's this all about? Yeah,
3: ex- exactly. But it's a nice problem to have. You know, it'd probably be Michael O'Halloran or, or Glenn Middleton, um, but you know, he, he has options.
4: He'll start on the bench for me. Yeah. Yeah, he'll start on the bench for me. I know, um, you know, in terms of the impact, um, all you can do as a player when you get the opportunity to come off the bench is do what Middleton done. Um, and that does and should put you in the position to maybe start. But I just feel that uh, Davison will probably play the same kind of role for the player, hoping that he can come on and maybe. Make that impact.
1: He could be another guy that's knocking on the Scotland door over the next year or two as well. Potentially, Glenn Middleton, who's impressed at times with Rangers uh, yeah. in Europe in the yeah. last couple of seasons. Yeah, you, you,
3: you would hope so. I mean, whether he's whether he's going to have a future at Ibrox, debatable. Yeah. yeah. But uh, with no disrespect to St. Johnson, if he if he does if he's transferred from Rangers to another club, it will be to a bigger club than St. Johnson mm. and he'll have more exposure in terms of getting into the Scotland setup.
1: How disappointing is it, Ryan, that uh, there are no fans at the final? Oh, massively disappointing. I mean, you, you look in the
9: the Premier League, they are they getting ten thousand of a crowd? It's, and we can't even get six hundred in. So uh, it's just it was it was deflating. That was for sure. Because I thought uh, the fans um, with them getting three hundred each, would they just give the players a lift mm. and the whole the whole both clubs a lift? Because they probably would have let the all the staff go and the, and their, the players' families. So. But that's obviously not to be, and that's just unfortunate. So yeah, it's, it's pretty deflating to be honest.
1: It's going to be a great pub quiz question a few years down the line, isn't it? Which <laughs> which team outside Rangers and they got to two cup finals, cup finals in the one season, and yeah. there were no and there were no fans at either of them?
4: Yeah, <laughs> incredible, incredible. Like I said, we've had, um, Tussin earlier on, some players that are, you know their first professional season or whatever, haven't played in front of a fan. You know, so like, for me, that's incredible. You know, oh. you talk about, yeah. you know, you know some some really good young players. You know, for Doig, for example. Uh, yeah. Left fullback, at Hibs. Josh Doig You know, uh, people are talking about him, and to be fair, he's, he's had a great season. Looks a, a, a handy young player uh, with a big career ahead of him. Hasn't played in front of a fan,
1: mm. no. And, and might not be a Hibbs' player come the end of the summer, Davy. There's going to be a lot of interest in him. He's he's some prospect, isn't he?
3: Yeah, and you know, if you think about it, Hibbs resisted the temptation to to sell Nisbet and Porteous mm. in the window when it must have been tempting to take the money, and. You know, Ron Gordon yep. kept the squad together. They've, he's been vindicated. They've, they've clinched third place. But you would imagine that they're going to have to sell one or two come the summer.
1: What about Murray Davidson? Um, let's hope he's okay. Uh, Ryan uh, for the final, having missed so many big games for St. Johnston, uh, such a brave guy. Uh, such a good player for them for, for such a long time you you just kind of from a human point of view I think most people uh, would want him to be involved come Saturday
9: Yeah absolutely um, a lot of the my, my friends also Johnson fans are all hoping that he gets some game time doesn't even matter if it's five minutes because um, he's been an absolute legend of the club um, great servant great guy met him on many occasions um, just a great humble guy down to earth and uh, uh, what a servant he's been for the club. Hope that that he gets this chance because he's getting on a bit now. So it would be it'll be a proud moment if he gets definitely a, a couple of I don't know half an hour under his belt or something like that. So I think he's. He's, he's, he's in contention anyway because I think he's fighting fitness so we'll soon see I hope he gets it
1: yeah I think most people uh, probably would what about Callum Davidson uh, Davey on the back of on the back of Saturday I mean win yeah. or lose for him it's been the most incredible season his stock will never be right. higher and, and how much higher can he possibly take St John they finished 5th in the, in the Premiership yeah. having been bottom in October uh, they, could, they could win both both Cups what, what does he do after well, the weekend? What you're really saying is you know if he gets an offer would he stay?
3: <laughs> mm. I, I don't think he could. I mean timing is everything you know in management and you know St Johnson has been a, a great platform for people at Own Coyle and Derek McInnes to yeah. get moves to England. Yeah. Callum Davidson has a profile in England of course mm-hmm. and it, it, yep. it certainly wouldn't be a surprise were he to win the Cup even if he doesn't win the Cup this weekend that you know yeah. it, it would be no surprise if he gets an offer to, to move south again. And and. Coaches are
4: no different to players, uh, Davey, In terms of you know, like yeah, they're they're ambitious. They want they want to you know reach the highest possible levels, and you touch on it sometimes. with you know that little opening or, or opportunity. Um, you know, surely if that came, then Callum Davidson would take it. Um, so yeah, but very interesting. But he's he's done an amazing job. He really has in terms of what he's achieved so far this season. He won.
3: He won just two of his first ten league games this
1: season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, look, mm. look how he's finishing mm. the season. I know. And there were, and there, were and there were whisperings at that point as well yeah. about, yeah, about yeah. Callum after, after you big, know, mistake. Go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> big mistake. Yeah, exactly. This is not going to work. This is yeah. not going to work out for him. And 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 Ryan, he's, he's currently laughing up his sleeve, isn't he? At, at the way this has all panned out.
9: Yeah, unbelievable season. But that, that just goes to, to credit to Callum Davison and, and the, the backroom staff because they've, I mean, many, I don't know over the years, but many clubs would just that their heads down and they and really be fighting for it I mean we've just we've kind of stood up tall and I mean, you know what we're going to change it and we ch- Callum changed things around he got the players in different positions and it, it, it's turned into a dream an absolute dream of a season it, it's, and as you say like um, where can he go we he can't, he can't we're not going to win the league I mean mm. I've seen Simon Ferry was saying on his podcast that we can maybe get third uh, but as, as a humble St. Johnson fan I'm happy that we're in the top six most years and a good cop run, that's happy days for me, but this is just an absolute dream season. There's nothing more of it. If we good, if we get a good European run, that'd be even better.
4: <laughs> yeah. The thing the thing is with St. Johnson, I mean, they 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 struggled early obviously with, with goals, wasn't it? So you look I mean, Callum Dave's coming, you touched on his record in terms of it didn't happen overnight. Stevie McLean. You know, ex, ex-striker who, who, again, I think you talk about the backroom staff and, and, and the role that people have to play, a close friend in, in Alec Cleland as well. But Stephen McLean in terms of that striker and mentoring and, and, and helping these players and, and all of a sudden, you know, starting to score more goals and and therefore your results turn. And look, it's important because it just gives everybody confidence. Um, so, yeah, look, what they've achieved... Um, it has been incredible, but there may be bigger opportunities and bigger fish to fry for Callum Davidson in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be wanted, no doubt about it, in the summer, Ryan. And and what about the players? Which, which of the players do you have the, your biggest fear um, about being spirited away elsewhere? Who do, you, who do you think is going to be the most demand in terms of players? Um,
9: Ali McCann, Xander Clark, Jason
1: Kerr, and the boy McCart at the back. Jamie um, McCart.
9: Ali, uh, Jamie McCart, sorry, I. Alec McCann's the number one prize essay. I mean, he's, what, 20, 21-year-old. Never loses the ball. Always gives amazing passes. Um, yeah, he's he's got to go for at least a couple of million. If, if, if Harry Kane can go for 120 million, why can't we at least get <laughs> 2 million or 3 million at McCan Alec McCann? He's only, he's only a young lad. Played for Northern Ireland as well. He's in the worst team, so why not?
1: Do you like him, Davey?
3: Ali yeah, M- I, Ali I haven't seen a great deal of him, but no. uh, from what I have seen, um, yeah, he's got a real chance. Um, and, and hopefully that you know, when he does leave St Johnson and they'll, they'll get a, they'll get value for money because so many times we see Scottish players going south for peanuts.
1: Mm,
3: mm. Um so
9: you know and it, well, just, John- just on that fact, Davy, how much did uh, McGinn go for again Darcy
3: Villa? Yeah, it was, was it three million? Three or four three or four million, million. yeah. Mm. Yeah. And now how much is he worth? About fifty? Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> no, you make you make it incredible.
1: Yeah. But it's just it's the sign of a successful season isn't it for a club like St Johnstone where yeah. uh, Ryan's rhymed off four players yep. who, are, who are going to be wanted and of course the, the manager maybe usually it's the players who are the biggest targets but actually in, yeah, in this yeah. oca- in this occasion it's probably going to be Callum Davidson who's got more clubs chasing him than, than, than the players have.
4: And some of the players yeah but I mean Ryan touches on there I think that you know the the experience and the youth, those younger players that you mentioned that are coming through, that's where the value is Yeah, in terms mm-hmm. of investment uh, for other clubs. Um, and that's why, you know, you touch on McGinn early, he goes for... A, the younger players, uh, they maybe don't uh, chase the the huge um, initial transfer fee. Um, you know, it potentially comes later on and you know, clubs like St Johnstone, um, if they can reap decent rewards off the back of a transfer sale plus a sell-on sale at that next step, that's where the real benefit is for 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 those type of clubs um, so yeah that's no, interesting but also they've got a I'm trying to the best way to explain it it's like um, for what they've achieved and what they've done this season for people to be chasing their players and their coach that's what it's all about yeah mm-hmm. that's of what it's, it's all is. about yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and the scoreline for Saturday are you going to be dancing in the streets of wherever you are Ryan where are you? <laughs> I'm in Perth. You are in Perth, right, so
9: okay. I, yeah, yeah, I'm a local lad, local boy, support my local team. So yeah. well, I'm going to go for 2-1 and I'll be dancing all about the place. That's
1: <laughs> and uh, just for a novelty, we'll get you back on the show. Not a problem. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all the best, Jeez, Ryan. Enjoy it. <laughs> you too, bud. Bye it too. is St. Johnson against Hibbs in the Scottish Cup final on Saturday.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
1: So we've just been speaking to Ryan about the Scottish Cup final Saturday afternoon uh, St Johnstone against Hibbs. uh, Nearer at hand, uh, the League One playoff final tonight down at the Rockton Barton against Edinburgh City. Jim Duffy's team 3-1 up from the first leg. So looking good at the moment uh, to hold their place uh, in League One. Of course, it is the first leg tonight of the Premiership playoff final. At Dens tonight, 500 fans there for Dundee against Kilmarnock, the second leg at Rugby Park on Monday night. Can Dundee get themselves back into the top flight or will it be Tommy Wright and Kilmarnock who hold on to their place in the top 12? I mean, the
7: game's important for both clubs because, you know, Dundee are a big club as well, and they probably have expected to be in the uh, Premier League um, and they've been in the Championship now for a, few, or a couple of seasons. So, I mean, it's important. It's, so, it's important that we stay in the league, and we've got to make sure that we do that. But, uh, you know, it's also important that we have the players in the right frame of mind and take the pressure off them in terms of if the normality of the situation. And, and that's what we've tried to do.
1: This was James McPake on the Go Radio Football Show Tuesday night.
6: We are the ones that have, have got something to achieve here. Yeah, come on, look, if they, if they win, win the tie, they stay in the league. But there's a hunger in our squad. And I think over the past the past 10 weeks or so, you've seen that when the real pressure games have came. That's where, where you see... Uh, like your Charlie Adams or your Paul McGowan who have played in big games and, and let's not forget that the have got players like that as well that have played in big games but there is a different pressure on them to us um, we're we are on a high and we're trying to finish a season off and, and achieve something that we that, that were set out to do and I don't think at the start of the season Marnock's goal would have been to win a playoff final. He'd have been looking maybe top six or at least to be comfortable in the Premiership.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point uh, that James McPake makes there. He also used the word hunger there who's hungrier for it? Who wants it more? Um, these two teams are probably going to be quite closely matched, yeah. David, and, and it comes down to things like that, doesn't it?
3: Probably come down to a bit of individual genius a mistake and, potentially a mistake yeah or a mistake <laughs> or a deflection or whatever um
4: <clears throat>
3: it, it's going to be sore you know you know come come the weekend one of these clubs is is going to be in the championship and mm. it's, it's going to be a horrible feeling
1: Kilmarnock will be looking to stop Charlie Adam doing what he does because he is, has quality way above championship <laughs> level you would have to to think um and looking at Kilmarnock, I mean I, I was I was at their game on Sunday at Hamilton the front six Burke on one side, Pinnock on the other, Powder and Dicker, the mm. midfield two, yep. and then Kilty playing off Lafferty up front. That's that's a pretty good front six. Their problems uh, lie in goalkeeper and defence.
4: Yeah, uh, look, for, for me, when you look at this particular situation, the playoff as it is, for me, the, all the pressure's on Kilmarnock. All the pressure's on Kilmarnock. They're the they're the premiership t- uh, side. They're, they're the ones that expected to... Um, to hold down their position. So for me, you know, Dundee can go in and really enjoy the occasion. There's pressure, but for me, the pressure is on the premiership side. Um, it will be tight. The margins will be very, very small, I think, in this, you know. So then you touch on a Charlie Adam, for example, at Dundee and he's got huge experience and it won't faze him and hopefully he can compose other players around about him so that they can find their their A game to, to get the desired result. But it'll be really, really tight. Um, very interesting how it's going to play out.
1: It's that psychology uh, as well, isn't it? You I mean you say the pressure is more on Kilmarnock, Craig, and, and that's probably right, but, the, but there's big pressure on Dundee as well because yeah. they see themselves as a top-flight team and big pressure on James McPake. I mean, he spoke about the pressure he came through earlier on in the season, but these games could decide whether he is going to be ongoing the Dundee manager, yeah. Davey, you would imagine?
3: Uh, absolutely. Um, but I, I do think it's the, the type of game that Dundee pushed the boat out to get Charlie Adam into the club. And Charlie, of course, has got previous when it comes to, to playoffs because in the biggest playoff of them all, he, he scored for Blackpool at Wembley, didn't he? Stuck it in the top corner, the free kick. And I, I wouldn't rule out Charlie Adam being the difference between these, yeah, yeah. these two sides because of all the players, a lot of good players in that, that pitch oh. tonight, yeah. Adam is a level above them all when it comes to ability, ability to change a game, a set piece or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. If, if Charlie plays, then they have got a great chance
1: it's high tension isn't it it's high stakes as well which could affect the quality of the game that wouldn't be a massive surprise if if it is very cautious because yeah you want to go ahead in the tie you don't want to go behind in the tie mm. and of course it's the the, the second leg is is at rugby park on monday
4: yeah look it's it's one of those ones where pike uh, touches on hunger you know that it's it's the hunger desire the the ability to to compete in the first 15 20 minutes of this match is, is key to, to what will happen over the two legs. Now, I know, you know, we get this this game tonight out of the way. It's only halfway and all that sort of stuff. But like I says first 15, 20 minutes are vital in terms of um, stamping your authority, making sure that you're picking up loose balls, making sure that you're the the, the aggressor. Um, then you need that little bit of luck. You know, when you get that opportunity, you need to score from that to really change the game and
3: and get momentum out of that good moment and make sure that you can keep climbing. It's huge because the, the difference in finance between the Championship and the Premiership, is enormous. Yeah. There's yeah. no money in the Championship. No. And, you know, for, to run a full-time squad in the, in the Championship costs clubs a fortune. Dundee, um, I'd imagine we've got a pretty big wage bill next to Hearts, probably the biggest wage bill in that league. Yeah. And they, they've really got to come out of that mm.
1: league. Yeah. And, and when you add on the year we've had as well, and yeah. the fact that clubs yeah. have been losing money hand over fist, that's where that differential uh, becomes all the more crucial.
3: Well, you know, you wouldn't want to be James McPake on Monday if Dundee lose, having to go in and talk to John Nelms about next season and the budget. And that's indeed if James McPake would survive. Yeah. Mm. You know, because I imagine he was told the remit is to get Dundee out of that division first time of asking.
1: Yeah, that would probably go down as failure. Um big ask, though, considering how strong...
4: Yeah, well, Hearts were always yeah. going to get the
1: top spot so yeah. it, it was going to be the playoffs for Dundee at best they finished second so so they've made the path as easy yep. as it can be for them um, but now they've got Kilmarnock who are um, winning more games than they're losing as yeah. the season comes to an end um, they, they, they don't find goals too hard to come by Pinnock scored a couple on Sunday uh, Kyle Lafferty has been scoring goals for fun a little bit of breaking news as the, as the show comes to a close uh, Scottish Sun Sport are running an exclusive saying that Hamilton have rejected an approach from Falkirk for manager Brian Rice Falkirk who failed to make it into the playoffs yeah. uh, at the end of the season um, that's certainly more than an eyebrow razor that one Debbie.
3: well Brian, Brian Rice um, has a connection doesn't he he was assistant to John Hughes when they were both mm. at Falkirk so yep. there is a connection there yeah um, well, what I would say is Hamilton announced that even if even if the club were relegated, as as they have been, they would be standing by Brian Rice. So mm. I wonder if Brian would would leave Hamilton for mm. for I, I'm not sure that that's an upgrade.
4: Yeah, whether he'll stand by, I mean, if the club have come out and, and hopefully says that
3: they'll stand by him, is he, is he going to well, do they, the same thing? They,
1: they, they, they've they've extended his contract, haven't they, Hamilton? Yes. In, in the last couple yes. of weeks, so, they, so they've so done that. So they'll get
3: good money if Folker have to buy him, yeah. buy the contract. Yeah. 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 It, it may make. It depends whether Brian Rice sees Falkirk as a a better opportunity i guess he might although you know Brian Brian's one of these boys he 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 just loves developing players he spends all his time watching football and hamilton is is it's an amazing club in in the the sense that you know they their academy produces so many players yeah and they've just got a totally different take on 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 the game and how to develop a football club from the rest
1: it, it seems like a good fit, doesn't it? Because I mean, Hamilton on Sunday had seven academy graduates, and yeah. they're starting eleven and two more on the bench. You know, and that that that's is big... that's right up Brian Rice's street, isn't it? Yeah, but everyone's going for the
3: quick fix, not yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, no, yeah no. I made it quite clear. You know, when they were in relegation bother, we won't be we won't be sacking Brian Rice. He he's here for for at least the medium term. It's a good sell, though.
4: Robert. You you talk about you know football club where it promote young talent. You have know, got a good young player. Where are you know, where, where you're going to go and sign? Because there's an opportunity at Hamilton. Like, for me, it's a good sell, you know? Yeah.
3: You,
4: you sell the players at the right time. It's a good yeah. business model.
3: L- Lewis Ferguson's a perfect, exa- perfect. example of that. It's <laughs> He's just a perfect example. You know, got his chance in the Hamilton first team. Maybe he wouldn't have got it elsewhere.
1: Yeah.
3: And... You know, then he's at Aberdeen, and now there's talk about a move to the English Premiership with yep. Watford.
1: I'm going to worry you here, Davey, because I was thinking exactly those words when you <laughs> uttered them there. And that I think for you, that is uh, quite concerning. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, Lewis Fergan is interesting, isn't it? I heard at the weekend that, that there's European interest in him. And, and right. so you know, that, that obviously, Watford, uh, lots of clubs will be watching this, and this could turn into an auction potentially for well, his services. Hopefully,
3: hopefully for, Aberdeen for Aberdeen, it turns yeah. into an auction and they yeah. get top dollar for him. Um, and hopefully Hamilton will get a a slice of the the sell-on fee because I think Aberdeen only paid a couple of hundred grand development fee for Lewis Ferguson, which was an absolute steal when you consider that Hamilton actually developed him. And I think he's got to go. In terms of he's put in a transfer request, For, for me...
1: Which has been turned down.
4: Yeah, I know, but the player has made it clear. I think he needs to go to continue his development and his career.
1: And of course, from an Aberdeen point of view, were they to get a fee of maybe, maybe if it does go, go up and up uh-huh. and it gets to three or four million, yeah. that's money they could use. I mean, could, could Aberdeen go in for Martin Boyle, potentially, Jackson well, Irvin. Exactly, uh, exactly.
3: And, you know, the, the other thing is, would they want to keep Lewis Ferguson against his will? I mean, Lewis Ferguson, I imagine, is on a couple of grand a week at Aberdeen plus bonuses. Watford will be offering him, um, I don't know, 20, 25 grand a week. So if
1: it's if, a life changer,
3: yeah, and if if they deny Lewis Ferguson the chance to go and better himself to that extent, where's where's his head going to be next season?
1: Yeah, going to be a busy time for football agents, Craig Moore, isn't it? Silly seasons about it's a, it's a it's a, you know it's here it's upon us,
4: um, so you're going to hear plenty of talk over the over the coming months.
1: What about that game tonight then? Just before we go, uh, your thoughts, your predictions on Dundee, Kilmarnock, the the first leg, which. Kicks off in about an hour and a quarter. Now we don't have a lot of time here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be very
4: direct. I'm gonna go for a 2-1 Kilmarnock win.
1: Two one Kilmarnock.
3: Davy? Two two a Desmond and all to play for on Monday night.
1: Yep. Well it could well go down to the wire that one. Wouldn't be a massive surprise. It's a, a match with so much. Resting on it um, at Dens Park tonight, at Dundee against Kilmarnock, and then at Rugby Park on Monday, playing for a place in the Premiership. Thanks to Davey, and thanks to Craig as well. Thanks to you uh, for being with us and for being part of the show as well. Pull back uh, tomorrow night with Barry and Mark, live at 5.
2: The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from 5.
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You
1: saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and
0: we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat
6: pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.